0: Welcome to Time Travelling Team, the weekly podcast where we review every story of Doctor Who right from the very beginning. I'm Trisha,
1: And I'm Paddy. In today's Rambling in the Tardis, we take a look back at Leela and her time in the Tardis. We'll be talking about her strengths and her weaknesses and also listening to her best and worst stories.
0: We'd also love to hear your thoughts on Leela. So, as always, to join the discussion, you can check us out at Team, that's T-I-M-E-T-E-A-M-P, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Or you can email us at team at teamproductions.com. Before we get in, I think a couple of housekeeping things. First of all, my apologies that last week's episode was late. I was sick. <laughs> so that was why. <laughs> Better now. Very good. Also, me and Patty were talking before we started recording about the next couple of stories, Christmas break, and stuff like that. So if I don't explain a little bit about the next season and what we're going to do for it.
1: Yes. So next season is known as the key to time uh, arc. So it's all six stories are based on the one recurring plot point, which is a quest to recover the key to time. And therefore each story builds upon the one previous. It, like it's almost like a and d campaign type thing. Uh, or, for our listeners, a much more extended version of the Keys of Marinus. Yes. Yeah. So... Now, because, uh, as many of you have uh, listened to, this is all uncharted territory for Trish. So we were talking about it, and I think that, and as well for yourselves as well, to get the best possible experience of this, it's better to have it all sequential in our airtime. So rather than doing our episode uh, next week and then taking our Christmas break, we're actually going to do a random rambling next week where we will talk about the the last couple of years for the podcast the jody run uh, or any questions and queries that he might want to bring up and get our opinions on and then we're going to take our christmas break and then we'll start off the new year with the uh key to time season 16
0: yeah so this is partially for my benefit in terms of watching mm-hmm. it partially for your benefit in terms of not having the first story and then we drop off the map for three weeks, which I think would be awkward. Also, personal reasons, my sister's getting married in two weeks, so um, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of free time, if I'm being perfectly honest. So next week, like I said, we're going to do a random rambling. Um, we're going to talk a bit about the last couple of years of the podcast, we might talk a little bit about Jody's run, uh, maybe ask each other some burning questions we've had, you know, now that we've gotten to this point. Who's your favorite mm-hmm. doctor? Who's your favorite companion? <laughs> Things like that. I have our opinions changed. And, you know, we'll probably put a message out on Twitter even before this goes out. Um, So if people have questions that they were wanting to ask, that we will answer them in that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: But for now, we need to talk about one Leela, as played by yes. Louise Jensen, who had her final mm-hmm. story last week with us. So the way this goes is we talk strengths and weaknesses, or weaknesses and strengths. Sometimes we do them the other way.
1: We we like to end on positivity. Yeah. So
0: weaknesses yeah. and strengths, and then worst episodes and best episodes. Where usually we have a 3, two, 1. I will give a slight spoiler for the next few minutes. I do have an honourable mention in my best episodes.
1: As do I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we start off with. Our strengths and weaknesses of our character. So I'm assuming I can't remember. I could check, but I could be valid. I'm assuming I did Sarah Jane first. So
1: why don't you take yes, the lead with be- Leela. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so weaknesses for one, Lila. I think the biggest weakness throughout the entire run of her character is that she doesn't stand up enough for herself to the doctor, primarily. Mm. Like, she does, like, she stands up for herself against the supporting characters, uh, the villains, not a problem there. But when your... when your supposed friend is constantly fucking, you know, mocking you or belittling you, like, she's well capable of of standing up to him. She should have just been doing it more. Mm. Because she kind of sits back and takes it. It's not, and she thinks it's because, oh, he knows best. And it's no, it's it's it, you know you know how much of a fucking scatterbrain he is. Yeah. Like you like you've seen it repeatedly, and K nine also supports that theory. <laughs> so, like, just tell him to you know what you fuck off. <laughs> uh, um, and it's like, again, whatever else you want to say about like you, know, oh, she's a bit naive or you know, well, she should be grateful to him because, you know, he's showing her the wonders of the universe and explaining it all to her. It's like, that argument can only go so far, you know? You can open someone's eyes to all these wonders but you don't have to be a prick about the fact that they've never seen it before or noticed it before, you know? Yeah. Like It'd be like Aladdin kind of going, I can show you the world you ignorant fucking (laughs) bitch. (laughs) Like their one-fuck chicken version (laughs)
0: of Aladdin.
1: <laughs> yeah. See that down there? That's a working class person. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, like, and, like, realistically speaking, that is her biggest weakness as a character. Because everything else, like, everything else is part of her character and it's actually not a weakness. Mm. You know? Like, oh, she's not technologically proficient to, to the same degree as, say, sarah jane or joe or even harry Me. who aren't technically who aren't scientists or like yeah. teachers or anything like that by default they learned to do this stuff and leela is getting there like but i think like you she's nearly ahead of jamie in terms of like the level of stuff that she's learned to oh, do yeah. within the confines of the tardis or even in general to the and like jamie was like his you know that particular version's best friend mm. um so yeah it's just like i think that that for me is i want to say her only weakness mm. that i that i that i consider to be like a weakness in so far as like you know like oh christ i'm just repeating myself um <laughs> like, no i think that i think that's her i think that is her only weakness yeah. is that she does not does not stand up enough for herself
0: i had three
1: okay clearly i was missing something well
0: no one of which is Kind of broad and not really a weakness of Leela as such. Get out of my notes. Fuck off. I can see you scrolling up. Get out.
1: <laughs> I am out. just try- like, I'm out of it. I'm just trying to see where we are in the fucking script. That's all.
0: We're into the discussion part of the script. Fuck off. Get out.
1: Um, okay, fair enough.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so, like, there's. I agree with you that she has to stand up for herself. I think her biggest weakness is how she is perceived by and presented to others i completely agree with you she used to advocate better for herself
2: hmm.
0: not let people i.e the doctor say she's a savage and allow other people to make assumptions based on that descriptor because that's her biggest problem is the fact that hmm. like the doctor says oh she's a savage oh she's subpar intelligence or whatever and she never corrects him and you know yeah, you said like, she stands up for herself, particularly physically she stands up for herself, but she's not fucking stupid, do you know? And she doesn't have subpar intelligence, so for me I thought that was a big problem. It's basically reiterating what you said. But I think her bigger problem is though, in terms of when we were watching it, and this came up a lot, Leela's biggest weakness is the poor fucking writing around her character. <laughs> Seriously, is that Leela has to put up with probably the worst, most inconsistent writing we've seen for a character? Mm. Like, Joe was, or not Joe, Liz was a bit inconsistent, Liz Shaw.
2: But
0: at least the core was still there. But half of Leela's stories are like, what the fuck is this? There's like vague threads that make sense, and then there's a load of random nonsense and weaknesses that are implied. That aren't actually explored. Like you gave the example of her like holding onto his scarf and sucking her thumb or whatever the fuck it was. In
1: chewing the scarf, chewing
0: the scarf in *Invisible Enemy*. Or there was another one later on where she sort of freaked out about you know something being in the tARDIS and she couldn't attack it. She couldn't do it. It's like, what the hell? And then it never gets mentioned again. I think more so than anyone, particularly because she has such a short run. She doesn't have that many stories all in. She's, like, what, eight, nine?
1: Nine.
0: And the writing was kind of 50-50 for her. Which isn't mm. good. <laughs> 50-50 writing is not good. And it was 50-50 with, like, 50% freaking amazing and 50% what the fuck was that? Do you know? As opposed to 50% really good and 50% eh, okay, good. There was a number of things that you and I were like, what the hell even was that? You know, whatever. Um, the last weakness I have for her, and this is just me purely saying out of spite, she falls in love too quickly. <laughs> I fucking hate her departure. I may talk about it more later.
1: Mm. Um, uh, that's probably the quickest fall in love thing we've fucking seen in the they fell in love yeah. so they left the fucking thing.
0: Yeah, I didn't like it with anyone else either. I didn't like it. I think the only person I didn't mind it with so much was
1: Vicky
0: yeah that was her choice do you know in the sense yeah. that like she spent time with him and then like I didn't like that we didn't, granted, get, we didn't she... get a goodbye scene with Vicky which is annoying.
1: Yeah, granted as well like she was a prisoner so yeah.
0: <laughs> but actually do you know yeah. I think the one person who I didn't wind it with was actually Susan the only issue I had with Susan was that it wasn't her choice but it's clearly what she wanted do you know and that developed over time um but yeah I, th- I think i agree with you though all in though i think in terms of Leela, the character not Leela the experience
1: hmm. um
0: the biggest weakness is not advocating better for herself no
1: just the way you were on about like her weakness being poor writing it makes it sound like she should have fucking done a she-hulk <laughs> on it and just like punch <laughs> you really the screen show.
0: <laughs> but like Oi, I know you created the robot dog but what the fuck are you doing
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, okay so why don't you tell me what you think her strengths are
1: she oh uh, right, so bit easier to talk about this Um, so you know we'll go with what we see on the table first of all is she's a hunter you know uh, and not only that but she's probably one of the best hunter in the entire hunters in the entire fucking tribe, mm. and she brings all the skills you'd associate with, it. like you know, she's brave, she's cunning, she has really good instinct, which is ridiculed at times mm-hmm. and then defended at others. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think it depends on whether Bob and Dave are writing mm-hmm. the fucking script or not. <laughs> um, but so that's what we got on delivery,
2: mm.
1: you know, and we made a point of saying that she probably was. I think maybe like we talked about like maybe the exception of Sarah Jane mm. in Time Warrior. She's the only companion that's like fully there yeah. on delivery, on delivery, you know? Um, So that was perfectly, it was inherent that's everything that's there. So that's great. Now we'd like, we talk about the learning curve. We talk about like, we like seeing characters develop and fucking boy, did she mm. like, she learns quickly. She util- and she utilizes her newfound knowledge in the subsequent adventures, mm. like in the in I, th- I yeah it's horrifying rock where she says, "Oh, the doctor has taught me about science, and I believe it's yeah. better to believe in science." You know, I oh yeah, I think it's better to believe in science, and like we even see her. I like that we actually get to see her learn. Mm. You know the, the the fucking you know. Uh, how how to explain transdimensional engineering? Well, that's silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I like watching the learning process for Leela. Mm. You know, because again, it kind of reminds me of Katarina, because mm. because like, at least you know like Katarina was learning, and then Stephen got the fucking hump about that. <laughs> a woman learning. <gasps> Katarina <laughs> um, wasn't given
0: a chance, which I think is unfortunate. Because I think Leela kind of shows what you can do with a character like that.
1: Yes, and it's why. I'm not overly enthused about the newest companion announcement.
0: I did not pay attention but, to it whatsoever, because I never knew.
1: Uh, all right, cool, fair enough. Um, Yeah, <laughs> it's like, for me personally, I'm not excited about it, mm. you know? I, I, I can't wait to see the person in the role. I can't wait to see the character. But just I'm not excited about it, mm. if that makes sense. Um... But back to Leela, I love how her knowledge, the stuff that she learns, helps drives the plot for the story that she's in. And she makes the solo part of the story where she's in great to watch. Like, again, we've repeatedly said a good, Do- a good Doctor Who story has both the Doctor and the Companion's stories within it being interesting. And you're like, oh, I want to get back to that one. Oh, I want to get back to that one. I want to get back to that. As opposed to, oh, Christ, when will we ever get back to, mm-hmm. you know, the doctor? You know? um. So, like, I think she had, like, a, she, those were amazing strengths to have in a character. That we were lucky that she was so fully developed from the from the start. And I put that down to Chris uh, Bosher mm-hmm. Because he just like had written this amazing character, and like um, fucking Terrence and uh, Bob Holmes, mm. they 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 carried that character and they ran with it and they added more great dimensions to it. So like they're the kind of ones that helped with the the learning curve and like, expanding Leela beyond what we'd already seen with Chris, mm. you know. Yeah. Exactly. And again, that's that's half the equation because the other fucking half the equation is. Louise, mm. who fucking did a great performance with everything she was given,
0: one hundred percent, one hundred percent. For me, I had three strengths again. Episode of mm-hmm. threes this week, um,
1: <laughs> except for the honorable mention. Apparently,
0: um, <laughs> I mean, her survival instinct has got to be her main strength. Let's be honest. Yeah, it is an almost supernatural awareness of her surroundings which i love that they never bother to explain it they sort of half-ass explain it once or twice but we never get a proper explanation it just is what it is and what i love most that like, not only does she have great instincts but it's the fact that she trusts in them hmm. she never second guesses herself even after other people trying to no. fob her off like you said it's a 50 50 split on whether people respect her instincts or don't she trusts her instincts and she goes for it, which is fucking brilliant. Do you know, particularly, like, I mean, you know, we talked about how Liz Shaw was kind of a bit women's libby and then not really, Joe really wasn't, and yeah. then Sarah Jane really was women's lib. So if you're looking yeah. at classic companions for young people to look up to, young girls in particular, but young boys as well, Leela's great in terms of be yourself
1: mm-hmm. and
0: trust your instincts.
1: Absolutely. She's
0: a great role model from that perspective. I think it's easy to get lost in the outfit and not pay attention to the person, which I'll be honest with my concern when I first started watching it. Do you know, was she just going to be something for the dads or was it going to be something more or whatever? Um, but I think just watching Lila and how confident she is in herself with the exception of standing up to the doctor about his comments, that's the one area where she's mm. not great. She is a role model, I think, for young kids to be yourself mm. and don't let other people try and make you something else. If you have an interest, follow it. If you find the science track of interesting, cool, listen to it. it. doesn't mean you have to ignore everything you learned before, just learning something new is another feather in your cap. So that, I think, is brilliant. Um, the other two is her constant just getting stuck in again you said this we like companions who can drive the plot mm. and leela even when the story doesn't really allow her to drive the plot as much as maybe you and i would like there's a couple of stories where we're like yeah she's just kind of there but even when she's just kind of there she's still doing something she's never just there just for decoration she's never there just mm. doing something in the background it's always action and active and finding something she can do she's always doing something even if her something isn't driving the plot in the sense of a necessary story beat in universe she's doing something you know yeah she might not be driving the plot she might not have uncovered something new but she was doing something she was helping people or she was rallying people or she was doing research or she was you know hunting people or whatever she was doing something constantly which is great and the last one is actually a skill or a strength i don't think she realizes she has (laughs) which is her leadership skills Mm, like we talked about this in the last episode for someone who ran away from home because she didn't want to be in a leadership position she really is a fantastic leader Time and again, we see her rallying people to her cause, particularly when those causes are not easy to rally to, you know? She's a natural leader, and I think that was why, like, when we talked about it last week, I think it's why the falling in love part, being the reason for her departure, pissed me off so much. Because we had plenty of other departures that they could have given her that would have worked just as well as a sort of, we need to get rid of fucking Louise... Mm. but would have been better for the character and would have better served the character like we said you know maybe she stays and leads the people outside the citadel maybe she stays Mm. and acts as the head guard for any one of the fucking people left over um Mm. or whatever but that was she didn't get the departure that she deserved and not to rag on someone who has nothing to do with this but Stephen the departure that Leela deserved.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Joey so talks at the time that we didn't think that departure really worked for Stephen. Um, mm-hmm. No offence to Peter Purvis, there's nothing against Peter, but against the character of Stephen, the departure didn't really make sense.
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: departure would have made perfect sense for Leela. Yeah. And we didn't get it. Which sucks, because she's a natural leader. And they didn't recognise it. It ticks me off.
1: no it's it's true like and it's like you like you made two very good points there as well about you know you were worried about the outfit and i remember commenting at the time that the sexual nature of lila's appearance is the least notable thing about her in her first appearance to me anyway you know um it's just like and i and repeatedly like you know whenever she's wearing, like, her leathers, mm. again, it's just, like, I, I don't fucking notice it. No.
0: I do prefer the and... original leathers,
1: though. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah. The replacement uh, Pocahontas yeah.
0: leathers were a bit shit.
1: Mm. And the other thing that you talked about there was her, the instincts, and again, we talked about it on the Sunmakers, the missed opportunity for, like, that moment, that momentary doubt that she had, mm. The K-9 explained. There was a great missed opportunity there for some real good fun with that yeah. um but like just overall she's definitely one of the strongest companions from the classic era in my opinion
0: i agree i agree and like i said maybe next week we might have a bit of a talk on our companion rankings as they are so far i know i mentioned a bit of mine last week and it might mm. be worth it to explore bit more next week when we have a bit of time yeah so on to the episodes so generally speaking we do a three to one of Best worst to worst worst, and worst best to best best.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So because we're ending on a high, we're going to do mm-hmm. least worst to worst worst first. So Paddy, three two one least worst, middle worst, and
1: worst worst. All right. So my least worst, in my opinion, mm. is underworld okay invasion of time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and worst versus the invisible enemy
0: okay we have two of those in common
1: okay my
0: least worst is image of the fendal my right. middle worst is underworld and my worst, okay. worst is invasion of time i will be honest image of the fendal and
2: um invisible, invisible enemy were
0: clippy floppy um, but yeah, I went with those three because I think um, we can talk about Invisible Enemy when we get to it for you. But um, I, I think the parts of that that bothered you, I think bothered you significantly more than they bo- bothered me at the time. Yeah. Uh, they did bother me, but they didn't bother me as much. So I think that might be where the difference lies.
1: But so, what do you yeah. say was what? in
0: your third, your three spot?
1: Uh, underworld.
0: Okay, so you don't have Image of the Fandall on your list at all. I do not. So should I go first with Image of the Fandall, then we both do Underworld, hmm. then we do Invasion, and
1: then we do... Actually, uh, just before we start, uh, speaking of Underworld, so I compared the uh, CSO on Underworld to the, the television show Nightmare. Hmm. Uh, and on Twitter, uh, myself and Paul were talking about Nightmare, and actually there's a Twitter uh, account devoted to Nightmare. <laughs> I actually liked the the conversation that we were having. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Image of the Fendal. Cool. Why is it in the three spot in worst episodes? For me, it's because it was so meh. Like, Leela isn't a meh person. Mm. But Image of the Fendal was a meh Leela story. Yeah, she has a moment where she stands up for herself as the Doctor, which is fantastic. But she doesn't contribute anything really to that story. And I don't like her to Um <laughs> I was actually
1: going to joke I was like it's because of the fucking <laughs> open, <situation." laughs> it?
0: was partially because of the, of the, of the shit. <laughs> um, but no, I think like with the image of the Fendal it's just she, what did she do Not a whole lot. Do you know, like, Leela's action, Leela's leadership, Leela's instinct. I said, yeah, she stands up for herself with the doctor once, but that's really it. Do you know? She didn't contribute anywhere near as much as she has in other stories. And I was just like, when I'm describing a Leela story as meh, I'm like, that... No. No, Leela's more than a meh. So that, for me, was why Image of the Fandal made the list and Invisible Enemy didn't. Because there were bits of in Invisible Enemy I did not like. But there were significant bits of in Invisible Enemy that I did like.
2: Mm.
0: And it wasn't me. Image was me. <laughs> mm. So yeah. All right. Rebuttal. <laughs> feedback.
1: No, top. like... There, there's no real rebuttal, but... I think what's really been getting on my my fucking goat about uh, Leela is that it's the treatment of her Mm. within the shows. And I think that's where the majority of my picks are coming from, is her treatment within the shows, Mm. within within those stories. Because while in terms of her progressing the story and her action in it, they're not meh. Mm. But her treatment as her treatment as a character, it fucking boils my blood,
2: mm.
1: and I don't get that in the Image of the Fendal. Mm. I can see that because because it's not just the doctor that she stands up to; it's fucking Ted Moss, the fucking druid cultic prick, and it's um Jason or James or you know, the Les Dennis looking fucker <laughs> um, who like tries to like you know basically well it's all your country bumpkins fault and she's like would you just shut the fuck up you nearly got us killed inside um so like it's it's not just the doctor it's actually just she just takes a stand against everyone and i liked her connection point with you know the grandmother Hmm. um so while yes it's not like well the story isn't great anyway it's just a it's a meh story as we as we kind of ranked it I didn't have the same issues that you, you had with Leela's portrayal in it.
0: I think we'll, like we'll circle back around to this topic. I think when we get to Invisible Enemy, um, hmm. because I think for me with this, like, would I watch this back as a Leela story? No. No. I wouldn't. Image in or Invisible Enemy, I might, I might skim it.
1: That's the thing, like, I'd skim in this way. Yeah. Me.
0: But I think that for me was it like, there's nothing drawing me back to Image of the Fandal for Leela. Like, do right. you know like, I, usually, yeah, usually I, sometimes I, I watch things where I just skim through to my best, my favorite parts that's how I rewatch things? Hmm. I would just skip Image completely if I was doing a yeah. Leela rewatch. i just yeah. skip it. In which case, that needs to be remarked upon <laughs> in some way. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that's fair. Like, no, that's, that is fair. Cool. So that, like if if not drawing you, if not drawing you back to this, like if Leela is the only reason to draw you back to a story, and Leela ain't fucking putting out the goods, no, no, yeah, that's completely there. Yeah.
0: So that was my number three. Your number three was Underworld. World. So you give your thoughts. I'll give my thoughts.
1: Okay. So my main thoughts on Underworld are okay. Yes, you know she she has her action moments with the fucking the shield and stuff like that, but. There's this continual fucking punching down of Leela. you know. Mm. It's and it's like the um, like when she gets, you know, what is it pacified, mm. and like the doctor is like thinks it's you know fucking hilarious, and then she ha- and we talked about the ju- like she's justified in her emotional state then. Yeah. It's just,
0: but just badly she, it's,
1: it comes <laughs> it it comes across as a child's tantrum as opposed to you took away my fucking free will. You won't take it again mm. um and i I commented on that the fact as well, like that she just seemed a bit more frantic and unsure mm. than we'd seen her before, but again, it's the two lads just can't fucking write for her, yeah, and I like go back and say think they they really can't when you put the folk when you put the focus on or when they when they're required to put a, a large amount of focus on the female companion it it's almost like they're going like, oh well how do you write a woman? Mm. Because if we think about the stories that we actually liked by them, there was the Santaran experiment, mm-hmm. the three doctors and there was one other can't can't remember for the life of me. Did
0: we like Clause of Access?
1: No, not not particularly. No, my mum didn't, by the way. Yeah, that was great. Um, but, but if we we talk, were talking about like okay, the three doctors, mm. that's a very large ensemble thing. Mm. Like you know, because you've got John, you've got the Brig, you've got Benton, you've got Joe's a very small part you of You got that. three doctors. Yeah, you got three doctors. Um, then Santarn is it's very small. Mm. It's Harry's first solo adventure. Sarah Jane is tied up for most of it. And we're also seeing another level of the Santaran sadism. Mm. You know? And there was a fucking other one. I like, can't remember. I don't know what it was. They a monster, do a it was a monster. They did. Sorry, they did. Yeah. But again.
0: They didn't do her departure scene. So we were like, thank God.
1: They, they didn't do her departure scene. And also, Sarah Jane is hypnotized mm. for a large majority of it. So there's no Sarah Jane under her own free will. For a lot of the portion of it there
0: um although you could kind of look at it that way and sort of look at like because we look at sarah jane's behavior in hand of fear as the culmination of her traveling with the doctor that she went from being the somewhat uptight feminist Hmm. whatever to being more childlike and childish and we see that as a progression across it but like if you only watched hand of fear yeah if you watched her first episode or last episode you'd be like what the awful? why is she acting like a big giant child
1: it's actually interesting because i um someone commented on how they didn't like uh that the hand of fear departure mm. you know they didn't they didn't like why she's like she leaves in an overalls after she started off in a suit mm. and i responded like you know that we thought it was a very interesting actual character study about how adventuring the tardis can affect your sense of reality mm. a small bit um, I mean, that, that's still the way so, I see
0: it because we see that yeah. you know progressively throughout the stories, but it. I mean, she is very childish in Hand of Fear. No, I love it. Mm. I think it's brilliant. But yeah. would that have been in our character bible? Maybe not. No. Do they just like, write women as being quite childish? Maybe they do.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to fucking talk about it more, I think. But, like, Un- Underworld was. Like, we talked about, like, Underworld had so much potential and they just fucking face planted on it. Yeah. Uh, and a part of that is the treatment of Leela in it.
0: Yeah. Like, for me, like, Underworld took my two spot because Underworld really went into. Would I rewatch it for Leela? And now I'm really thinking about, like, the way she's being treated because I agree with you she's treated like crap the whole way through the story and particularly like and I told you like you know you and I had different reactions to her response to being password I thought it was a bit OTT but completely understandable and I probably would feel the same way if it happened to me um I think you took I think you read it as like super OTT and it sort of took you out of it it didn't quite take me out of it to quite the same way that did you But it did bother me. Um and like I said at the time that like, yeah, we see her fighting as the story goes on, but she never got her redemption. Do you know? It was like,
2: Mm.
0: oh well, she's aggressive and we have to pacify her and whatever. Her primitiveness never gets redeemed. You know, we never get like the real show of that's what makes her a badass, you stupid prick. Do you know, like we don't really see Leela standing up for the Trogs Mm -hmm. when she was in the exact same position they were in before. Do you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Um and, you know, we don't see that like Leela's primitiveness is like her instincts are with more than all of their cleverness combined. And for me in Underworld really like that was really the thing of like they did her dirty in that. Do you know? Um I don't know why we'll probably talk about it in a second when you talk about you know um, this, but I don't know why Underworld bothered me more. I think it's because of the correlation between the Trogs and the 17. Mm. Like here's your story to show her development from where she started to now. And they just shit the bed.
1: But as well you, but the thing is you point out as well that in Invisible Enemy there is laudable moments for Leela as a character. Mm. There's not there's not really a lot of moments no. for her here.
0: No. She's just there. And yeah, she fights a bit, but that's not celebrated. She doesn't like she doesn't do the sword of the stone moment. She doesn't do anything really. And like I said they were, the doctor and Tom have that great moment where they're getting the trogs on board the ship. We don't see her standing up for people like but she would, do you know? You totally get that sense of I mean, I was going to call it, like, we don't have any real season, like, first season Leela stories in here. <laughs> first four story Leela and back five story Leela treated differently and reacts differently. Um, That's why for me, like, Image of the Fendal was a mess story. It's a Lila. for Leela. I wouldn't rewatch it underworld just pisses me off to watch it and i wouldn't watch it again again if i was doing a lila binge i wouldn't rewatch underworld because the whole pacifying a person thing and the doctor mm. being okay with it fuck to the no just mm-mm, mm-mm, not happen. not
1: yeah. happy at all Although like, in the in the back five is there is the half-time split of the Sunmakers, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which is,
0: <hard. laughs> I, I think, good. <laughs> yeah, Sunmakers I would binge. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I'd include some Sunmakers in a binge. Um, then you have Invasion of Time next, right?
1: I do as my number two. Yes, and
0: I have Invasion of Time as my number one. So why don't you go first with your number hmm. two?
1: All right. So, we're now coming into a, an equation where there are some really positive things for Leela in this story. Mm. As we talked about, her leadership, her relationship, whichever way you want to look into it, with Rodan. Um, I know what way I look yep. at. <laughs> Lower those eyebrows. Uh, <laughs> um... And it, it just like her interactions with the native contingent of Gallifrey, and you said like her, just like the moments that she has like fighting the Santarans, they, they're really good. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ, like it just gets on my fucking nerves over the whole like bipolarish relationship with Leela. It's like you're know, like, yeah, you know, she's like an amazing hunter, like she can survive in the wild, but they tear her mind to pieces. Like she's some almighty monster weakling, um, and it's, 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 it is fucking frustrating, because again we talked about like you know, in the TARDIS they can't read your thoughts. Explain it to her, and then have her like hide in the TARDIS until they're distracted, and have her fucking sneak out, like I don't know, wearing a big tin hat, um, something just, and then it's the. Oh, your arm is hurt. I think I'm falling in love with you. Like Versus the, you know, person that you've got a really good rapport with, plus seems to be carrying Smarties for days. So, like, you know, you're, really, you're back to losing horse on that one, I think. Um, it's just a fucking dud departure on top of the whole, you know, um, I'll miss you, Doctor. I just like sort of, uh, okay, I'll let you know how I actually feel once I close this door.
0: Yeah, like, okay. I agree with everything you just said. Why did I put it as my worst, worst? I think it's because it's, it's a similar reason to why with Joe. her departure story was, if I remember correctly, my worst, worst for Joe as well.
1: Yeah, I believe so. Or was it Terror of the Autons?
0: It was either her first or her last. It was one I think. Camera.
1: I will. I will check you, as you were
0: But it's her final story. Alright They knew it would be her final story, and they have her on Gallifrey. Right? the hoity toity, fucking full of themselves, fucking time lords. What better opportunity were they going to get to showcase how amazing Leela is? And how what makes Leela Leela is what makes her fucking badass. And what did they do from the very fucking first scene? She's infantilized. She's treated like she is the worst thing that could possibly happen to this planet. Is Leela being there. You know, so you have K-9 hiding things from her. You have the doctor rigging the TARDIS. Never mind. She can function, she can use a lot of parts of the TARDIS. I don't know if Jamie ever learned how to open the fucking door, but like she knows how bits of the TARDIS work. So clearly she's intelligent and enough to learn science and technology. And from the minute the doctor walks in, K9 or Leela tell K9 to tell you to shut up. We're not telling you any. The dog fucking knew. The dog was a central part of the plan and Leela wasn't told to your point they can't hear your thoughts in the TARDIS so just fucking leave her in there then have her fucking keep an eye on the cameras and doing fucking reconnaissance for you from inside the TARDIS
1: let her go for a swim try and break the Olympic breaststroke record
0: yeah. there's plenty she could have been doing also if you can make a fucking tinfoil hat for Watts's face make one for her as well like there's so many things in that first few scenes that were done badly And then the fact the doctor's like, she can't even be in the citadel. She needs to go. She can't be here. Her mind is too weak. They'd rip through her like paper. I guarantee you they fucking wouldn't. I guarantee, like, I guarantee, like, we never actually see them try. We never see someone try to read Leela's mind. Hmm. And it's like, at least give her an attempt. Give her a fucking attempt at it. Do you know? But she doesn't know what's happening. You got rid of her because she has so much fucking faith in you. And they are like, oh she'll be fine outside. She'll be grand. And then once she finally does rally everyone together, she gets no fucking kudos oh. for it. I was like, yeah, Leila, thanks. Whatever. And then she does nothing. Like, they do the rally. Save the day for five seconds. And then what does she contribute in the last two episodes?
1: A knife to the probic vent.
0: A knife to the probic vent. Awesome. Hmm. Then she fall in, falls in love with some guy, <laughs> and stays behind.
1: Captain, Captain this Yeah, I'm. I'm, um. I'm. I'm now
0: convinced in my head that he's just a beard for the two. Because like, come on. Um, <laughs> but like, her departure was shit. She deserves such a better. Like they knew for ages she was fucking leaving, and they couldn't write a better departure for her. And I still like I told you this at the time. The doctor refers to K-9 as his second best friend. Mm. Given the departure we got in the story, do you think he meant Lila was his first best friend? Oh, God, no. No. And that's shit, because she deserved so much fucking more. She deserved to be queen of a fucking planet Or the head guard. She deserved to be lauded for her leadership, for her instincts, for her, you know, her battle prowess and whatever no i'm staying here because he hurt his arm and apparently i have a thing for simps i don't fucking know what the fuck like <laughs> i don't get it like it pissed me off so much and for me like uh, if you have a departure story that is not good it's always going to be high on my worst episodes because like departures need to be good
1: uh, speaking of so your worst for Joe mm. Green Death was your second worst. Huh. Your worst was Terror of the Autons. Oh, okay. My worst, my third worst for Joe was Terror of the Autons and my worst was Green Death. Yeah. Uh, also, the whole, you know, their mental powers thing, mm. it reminds me of like this really redundant quote from the Venture Brothers. They're talking about like this one character, he's like, Be careful, his hands are strong enough to crush a boulder, yet delicate enough to crush a butterfly. It's like <laughs> It's the same thing. Why are, you, why are you making this distinction? So it's like, they're too powerful. They'd rip through your brain just as easily as they, or they'd rip through hers just as easily as they'd rip through yours. Like, don't make the distinction that, like, oh, out in the wild, she's perfectly fine. It's like, if they're as all powerfully telepathic as you say they are, then surely they can think beyond, like, the, the range of the fucking citadel. Yeah, they,
0: they could detect so, from wherever the fuck they were.
1: Yeah. yeah. They, they could detect from a fucking ship however many 1,000 kilometers away, that you were up to fucking no good. So, like, I don't get the distinction that you're trying to make here. It makes no sense. Also, I
0: mean, if they wanted to do it and still have her primitiveness, which I fucking hate, as a thing, go the other way with it. Leela knows everything. Leela's the linchpin to the plan. But her mind is so inferior they won't take any notice of her. Go the other way with it. Double down on it in the other fucking direction. That her mind doesn't give out big giant fucking waves because she's not fucking telepathic like Gallifreyans are. So she can know mm. everything. It's not that they can't read her mind. It's that they would never read her mind. Why would they? She's just a primitive. Yeah.
1: Use their prejudice against her.
0: Yeah. If you wanted to do it that way a better way of doing it which still celebrates Leela. Why is it I can write that up and, and take
1: I don't know. I think that's that, you know, that might be a question that we're going to ask you know, a couple of more times coming up.
0: Uh, but yeah, so that for me was my 3 2 one. So Image of the Fendal because it was completely meh and I have mm. no desire to go back and watch it and I wouldn't even rewatch it for Leela. Underworld mm-hmm. because it just pissed me off the whole pacifying her thing and Invasion of Time because the way she was so infantilised and like, that was her departure story was her being treated like shit. Mm. Again, I have no desire to go back and rewatch it other than maybe watch the scenes with her and Rodan. But even mm. then,
1: that's like five minutes of footage. Yeah,
0: and I don't know if I bother going to the effort
1: because I know it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so that leaves me with my number yes. one, which is the invisible enemy, and I could sum it up easily in the statement that I made at the the time. I was like, you know, "Ah, she. There's a, the reason that you. Know, it's not affecting her is because she's too fucking stupid. Um, uh, that really fucking pisses me off." it it just like again we had four stories three of which we're probably going to discuss <laughs> um, well or possibly four depending on okay. which way our, our teams would line up um, we had like four stories ahead of her which is like this you know fucking Ellen Ripley, Sarah Cotter, fucking Zena, whatever you want to put there all that and like you have this fucking board to work off of and it's then it's like Raquel Welch from fucking One Million Years BC <laughs> and like it's just I, I I don't know what the fuck the guys were doing like and that, that's the thing that but I, I it kind of bothers me in relation to I I think that's probably been the biggest issue we've ever had with classic Who, mm. is that it's the huge cycle and overturn of writers handling the same characters, and like I know like you know, like you have like have lots of shows like which is like you know, they have multiple writers, mm. but they either have like the same block of directors, or fucking the same like you know, the the creators are also the writers for the large quantity of it, like so they have this bible that they're going off of, versus. What's your interpretation of this character?
0: Yeah, I think for. I think that, like, obviously, like, I mean, other shows are made at the same time, like, Star Trek The Original Series, for example. Lots of writers, Mm. lots of directors. But they had a show Bible, and, like, Mm -hmm. here I think the role of the producer and the script editor should be to ensure consistency in character development and growth. And I think after. Bob left or when Bob was leaving they just didn't care. Like Leela very consistent for the first four stories and then Bob's gone and kind of goes off the rails. I was like, what the hell? Like new Hmm. producer came in. Oh, we love Leela. We want Leela to stay. Gave her fuck all to work with. And it's like that to me is not necessarily a writing room failure because the script editing their job um you know i mean also a lot of these stories are written without knowing who the companion is going to be um they're written months in advance or they're recycled or they're pulled forward or they're pulled backwards or whatever but i think there's something we're seeing more so with leela than we've probably seen with anyone else which is where's the oversight you know um because bob and dave got to do it twice they got it wrong the first time.
1: <laughs> and they doubled out. And up. they doubled
0: out on the same fucking, same fucking thing as on well. mm-hmm. the second time. I was like, where was the oversight to stop that from happening? Where's the oversight being like, hey, lads, it's been a couple of stories since you said this. So she's grown and evolved and moved on. So, you know, grown and evolved and moved
1: on. Well, but the other thing then is, like... When they they, when they shrink down They go on their, their mm. fantastic voyage You know Again You pointed out at the time And it really did kind of Just boggle my fucking mind Is that you know Your hunter ability Will be able to help track us Track it down You're constantly Fucking leading her mm. So like How is the, her hunter's ability Able to Do anything
2: mm.
1: And Like again As like my You know The scarf Chewing the scarf is was like Okay we've never seen Anything like that Yes, she is spooked by the big scary presence, but at the same time she faced Zoanen. Mm. So didn't seem to have an issue there. Why and at the end of the day, why is it the only person that appreciates her capabilities and her intelligence for what they are is a robot dog.
0: I think that's why I didn't have it in my 321. I love her and K9 in the story. Hmm. And I will gladly go back and rewatch Leela
1: and K9. But like, see this thing, that 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 draw that would draw me back to watching the majority of it. But at the same time While yes, okay, like you, I, I, I watch my favourite parts in certain episodes. But at the same time, like I wanna be able to watch the entirety of the episode as yeah. well. I think I think for know? me,
0: like the Leela thing in this like i found the chewing the scarf thing fucking weird Mm. and i found the ending and the fact that like yeah they did the whole oh she's stupid so it fucking ignored her and then they never gave her the payoff. that's annoying and it's very under it's literally underworld all over again Mm. the difference for me between underworld and this is that there's bits i like in this you know the bits of her with K nine, her just the way she is in general, the way she protects the doctor and, you know, gets him to the hospital and whatever. I love all that. That's all brilliant. And that bit I'd rewatch again without a problem. Do you know? And I'd get over the scarf biting at the beginning to enjoy the next three episodes. Or the next mm. two episodes. Do you know what I mean? Um and then I probably wouldn't watch the end of it. Um but like for the others I wouldn't go through it
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a funny realization mm. there, and I think uh, it kind of runs to what Paul said, right? So we've been talking at, like a fairly good time, a fairly in-depth conversation about Leela, and mm. we're just finishing her weaknesses. In this same time frame, I'm pretty sure we did Ian and Barbara's entire fucking rambling.
0: Yeah, that's why we were really paranoid at uh, Okay, Now we don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah.
0: also, we're more comfortable yeah. talking about. I, I, sometimes i do sort of find myself going like oh if we could go back and talk about those stories again and talk about those characters again although we do mention ian and barbara on the regular anyway <laughs> Ian yeah. and barbara's rambling never ended let's be honest
1: <laughs> yeah
0: take one forever
1: but well, well see i'll get a chance to possibly explore that now because i'm pretty sure one of my christmas presents is the collection uh blu-ray box set for season two one of my presents to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: have a
1: significant other to buy me these things. I have to buy them for myself. Well, to, to be fair, I went. Can you buy me this, please? <laughs> As <laughs> opposed to every other
0: year, where you do sit.
1: Well, notice. No, see, I give people. Okay, I give people a wish list and say whatever you want to get from that. Feel free. Here is your mm. guidebook. If you want to give me something outside of it, that's perfectly fine. If you're struggling for an idea, here it is. No, I deliberately went. I want this. <laughs> Get me this. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's move on to like you know the positive side of things, or like let's move to our happy place. Yeah.
0: So I have three and an honorable mention.
1: I have three and an honorable mention. I have
0: a funny feeling they're the same four, perhaps just in a different order. Maybe okay. Maybe so All right.
1: okay,
0: what was your honorable mention?
1: Robots of Death. That so was
0: mine.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Three. Face of Evil. So was mine.
0: <laughs> Two.
1: Horrifying Rock.
0: Yeah. Which means
1: this is the bed sheets, ben- cards against humanity thing all over again, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs>
0: also, for context, you wonder why I mentioned bed sheets. One was it Christmas.
1: Yeah it was Christmas.
0: Me and Paddy gave each other identical looking packages which contained <laughs> identical <pet> sheets.
1: Yep <laughs> and then another year we both gave each other identical packages which turned out to be Cards Against Humanity yep. <laughs> Yeah So that leaves number one Talons of I Chang Okay fair enough
0: <laughs> Cool So let's talk about our honourable mention first
1: Gotcha. Right. Um. So I would say, in the best possible way, it is the weakest of the of her good episodes. Mm. This and this isn't like the Liz Shaw. You know, like we had to rank it four to one because
0: there was only four. We
1: both pretty much. <laughs> I th- I think we both pretty much felt the same way about the Bastards of deputy Tree. we mm. like, uh, here it's it's nothing but positives. Mm. The only thing though is that. Leela is kind of finding her feet in her first adventure here. Mm. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But it's definitely a finding your feet. Mm. And like, it's great because she interacts with all the other characters so well. And we get a taste of what her relationship with the Doctor could have been. Mm. <laughs> um In the sort of like, you know, we talked about like the weird interest, you know, the time and space version of My Fair Lady. Um, But like also like the relationship she has with D84. Mm. Um, Please don't throw hands at me. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like for. Someone's first off world adventure. It's definitely one of the strongest ones. Mm, I agree. like I think it's kind of up there with. I know you didn't particularly care for the the story, but uh, Joe in Colony in Space mm. she adapted really well, and she was a good integral driving force behind that. Um, Harry in Ark in Space, yeah. like so, yeah. Like I think that it's definitely one of the. It's up there with that quality, yeah. you know. I'd agree. Um, I'd agree. Like
0: for me, it was, to be honest, it was kind of a toss-up between robots and face for me. I wasn't quite sure which one I wanted to go with. It,
1: um, it, w- it was a toss-up between f- uh, robots and f- uh, horrifying rock for me.
0: Oh, really? Cool. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll talk more about why I picked face in a second, but, like, everything you said about robots, completely agree. And, like, you've got to give a shout-out to her reaction to having Transcendental Dimensions explained to her by saying, that's silly. Like, like you can't, like... <laughs> Yeah. It's the best fucking moment. <laughs> like, it's fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know, in terms of like, you know, oh, would I go back and watch a story again? Which is kind of a benchmark I kind of use in my own head. I would re Robots of Death anyway. But I'd also just watch that particular scene on fucking repeat on YouTube. Like, I would yeah. seek out that scene on its own to watch it by itself. Do you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a toss-up for me between that and Face. and Face kind of picked it to the post. I think just because of the nature of that story, but definitely, like, the worst of a great bunch. Do you know what I mean?
1: But I, I, I think another thing to its credit as well, right, and as we talked about Louise's struggle mm. stepping into the shoes, She. this is, like, a really solid first foot oh. into replacing a much-beloved character.
0: Yeah, and that's a good call It actually. I mean, Face of Evil... Could have ended with her being a story-based companion. Joe wasn't really Mm. confirmed until the very end that she was going to stay because Tom wanted to be by himself. So for Louise, robots is really her first companion story, really. Do you know where she's properly on board as the companion? Because they could have very very easily ended Face of Evil with the Doctor going off on his own. Which Mm is what Tom would have wanted. Um, that's actually that's really a good thing to consider when you're when looking at robot. And like, you know, we talked about how Louise's performance in robot was fucking, or robots rather, um, was fucking phenomenal. Particularly knowing what we know was happening behind the scenes, behind and scenes. the fact that it maybe wasn't the best working environment for her. She wasn't feeling very welcomed, do you know. And you know, I talked about like that conversation that she had with Lesley, and where it was just like, "Oh, like how are you finding it?" And clearly, all happy, happy, and. Louise didn't have that experience. At least not mm. at the beginning. Do you know? So, yeah, I think that's something to be to keep in mind when looking at robots is that there is some background stuff going on. And even with all that, she fucking knocked out of the park. Like I said, it's the worst of a fantastic bunch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely.
0: Cool. So, so face.
1: Yes. So, very similar internal conflicts surrounding face as I had with Time Warrior. Mm. Is it it fair to put a companion's very first story into their top three stories because of how big we are on character development? Mm. You know, on watching the progression. But much like Time Warrior, it's fucking brilliant. It's so, like we talked about before, she is everything on delivery. Mm. And... Like she's a tough character. She's able to drive the story. She's able to drive the solo sections. We're interested in her solo parts, sometimes more so than what the doctor is going through. Mm. Um we talked about like her instincts, her cunning. Um I you know I think the best representation of that is when she's in the hallway and she's holding off the Tesh guards. Mm. And how she uses her hunter's instincts to like, you know, sense, feel, get a feel for where they are or trick them into coming out in the open and ambushing them in a small, like being able to confine, to ambush people in a fucking small confined series of corridors. It's tough, you know, Uh, but she does it. And it's, it makes for some really interesting watching. And you go back to the doctor's thing because, yeah, watching the doctor encounter Zoanon is interesting. More so, I think, because you're trying to figure out what Zoanon is. Um, but you're flip. You want to go flip back to see? Like, oh, how is Leela doing it, holding off the guys? Mm. You know, kind of reminds me a small bit of Tommy and the the spiders, the spiders. Mm. You know, like outside the door. You know that type of thing. I want to see how the defender is doing. Mm. Um, but everything else though was was great. It was just solid, rock solid performance, rock solid writing, mm. just. Excellent.
0: Yeah, for me, because I know we discussed it when we were talking about Sarah Jane, and you're like, oh, I don't know about having like the first story in the best stories For me, a brilliant introduction is a brilliant introduction, you know, and that's hmm. what we get here. We get the whistle stop tour of everything that is to come, with that And what we're going to see in the other two episodes we're going to talk about is what we saw here, but bigger and better, and taken to the next level. Um, but as a foundation, it's a fucking dinger. It's a dinger of a foundation story. Like, she's strong and brave, she's intelligent, even if she's not technologically proficient. Like, once she realized, once it's explained to her what's going on, she's like, Okay, I didn't understand a fucking word of what you said, but I get the gist. Cool, what are we doing? No, like, there is nothing, like, at no point is she like, No, it's magic, blah blah blah. If you're sure it's not magic, as this, she's like, oh, okay,
2: hmm.
0: noted, good to know. Um, she again, her great instincts, she adapts well to change, and also she's a great leader, even when she doesn't want to be. Do you know? Yeah. Like, I think what makes Lila so interesting is the fact that like, and you can kind of say that it's a little bit like, you know, Disney's Pocahontas or whatever you want to call it, right? But the fact that like at the end. Of the story, she realizes there's so much more to learn, and she wants to go out there and learn it. She won't be happy mm. just leading the tribe. She knows there's more out there. Also, the tribe, the two tribes, are fucking thick stupid. And she's like, no, please, <laughs> please don't leave me here with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, but oh. it's that,
0: it's that, and it's the thing about Leela is that like Leela knows her own limits. But she also knows that she can learn to move beyond them, mm. and this is the first yeah. step. To, this is the first step out the door, or the first step in the door. Depending on way you look at this, to get her to where she's, where ideally she would have gotten to.
2: Yeah,
0: had things gone a different way.
1: So yeah. No, yeah, I agree completely, completely. Mm. And that's not—that's not even acknowledging the fact that like she is. If you if you want to go, if you wanted to go down this route, she is a female warrior in a cast primarily made up of men. Mm. Like, and again, you don't you don't care about that particular fucking story trope. Yeah. You don't like it, it's it's just not written that way, mm. and it, it's it's great and all fucking credit to Chris for the writing he did for Leela Yeah. All credit to him.
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: I think I think that's partially the reason why I um I didn't have image on um, my thing because it was him writing for her again, mm. and you know I was like, she's in good hands. Mm.
0: Then we have horror of Fang Rock.
1: Yes. The horror Go. Fang Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No. Horror of Fang Rock is. Like it's the first story under the new showrunner,
2: mm.
1: and it it had all the promise that we were looking for. You know, like here here's the jokey relationship. Here's the jokey way of saying savage. You know, she's in on the in on the joke. There's the ban. Excuse me. There's the banter back and forth. You know, mm. there's the respect for her uh, abilities. There's the standing up for her against fucking you know bitchy McBitchface. Um, mm. like. There, there's it's what it fucking should have been yeah. it's what it, it, it this was the first step into that fucking path and then immediately those two fucking plebs got a hold of it and they just <laughs> um, or just, no, because, because I think that was written before horror so it makes it even worse in the sense of like it's the showrunner's fault then because it's like why didn't you don't, just fucking switch them or something do No, I don't know. I was just, this was such a, this was such a good story with Leela. Yeah. Because it was what we, it's what we were, we were terrified. Like, it seemed to put away all our fears, Mm. you know?
0: (laughs) Only for them to grow back up again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: I think for me, like, it's interesting, I just double checked. Horror is the only Leela story that we get five.
1: You gave a 5, I gave a 4.5. Did you? I
0: thought you
1: gave it a 5? No, I because, do you remember, I was, I was annoyed I with... Did you, um, you didn't give me like, any 5s? I, I, no, because <laughs> I I, cause, like, I, ra- I raised the fucking point that in these types of stories, every character that has to get some sort of a oh, connective response yeah. from me, and I was like, I don't care about these people being fucking killed I off, know, you remember. know?
0: Okay. Horror's the only good story. I gave a 5. Um... I do. It's second only to Talons because of the limited location. There's only so much plot driving you can do in a lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> to be
1: honest, it, it, there's
0: it's only the, so much you the, can do in a very confined
1: location. Yeah, the plot it's the kind of setting <laughs> It's the setting of like a D and D thing on a train. Yeah. You know, you're literally railroading them as to yeah. where they're fucking going. There's only so much that, uh, she, that
0: she can do to drive plot. Still, though, yeah. it is a fucking powerhouse of a story from Lila. And a powerhouse performance from Louise, it may we get to see more of her danger sense. And here, the doctor isn't discounting it. He reiterates the importance of it. It's important. It should be listened to. She gets stuck in, like she's, whether she's investigating or fighting or shoveling coal, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. She'll fucking get stuck in whatever's needed, no prompting. She just fucking does it, and you're like, "Oh, it's so good! It's so good!"
1: Mm. And but to bring to bring the level of conversation down a bit, she that half bed in the fucking lighthouse keeper garb. That's true. Very true. Very true. Yeah, I have my yeah, yeah. I like here it says says he who says lower your eyebrows. <laughs> fucking five minutes ago. <laughs> um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think like this really. I mean, you know, we thought that. Like face was her first story and we thought, oh, that's f- fucking corker of an opener. Now mm-hmm. we're into her first story of her second season, and this is what we got. Like you and I were riding high for a reason, like
1: do
0: mm. you know? And we and, were like, expecting again, that train to keep going.
1: <laughs> and and again, but we all said the word to Oh, it's it's Terrence Sticks writing it and you know Terrence And
0: Terrence sometimes, you know, like no offense to Terrence, like but Yeah. Not great at the old female characters thing, you know.
1: Yeah, it, no.
0: maybe it's because he had a different character to do, to do the horrible moments. Quite, stuff quite, to. quite,
1: quite, quite possibly. Um, but he fucking, yeah. He fucking he shot us off anyway. Deal,
0: fucking yeah.
1: fantastic. Well, shh. <laughs> okay. okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, it's what it should have been through to the end.
1: Yeah. You no, know? oh, I completely agree. Completely agree.
0: Like when you compare this to fucking invisible enemy or fucking invasion of time, you're like, what the fuck? Like mm. this is what you had to work with. And she can carry it. Louise can carry it. And they didn't do it. Mm. Um it just I and mean, believe because it was the first was the opener of the season and you're like, oh fucking fucking ace like
1: or even if you want to compare, like the image of Fendal, like, I know that we talk about how good Chris is, but the image of Fendal, which is set in a haunted house, <laughs> yeah, confined spacing, like, and it's just this. This is like I want. I wonder how much haunted or spooky lighthouse, lighthouse media is out there, because I would love to compare this to something else. Mm. You know.
0: Yeah, I don't I mean. I think. I think this being a great little performance is massively helped by the fact that it's a great story in its own right.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, however, that's not necessarily a requirement for a best episode for a companion.
1: No, it is not.
0: As is definitely the case from my perspective on our number one. <laughs> How surprised are you that Talon's made it to the top of my list?
1: <laughs> Honestly. Hmm not very <laughs> I, 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 I I thought like it might be a flip between this and horror mm. but we, t- we talked at length mm. about the, prob- the problematic nature of this story mm. but we also talked at length about the positives in this problematic story mm. chiefly being Leela Lightfoot and Jago mm. as well as the fucking performance by guy whose name I can't remember John uh, John Bennett. Benson Be- John Bennett in the complete fucking wrong role <laughs> but we've had that discussion okay here though this is a this is a six parter with multiple character companion and doctor separation mm-hmm. multiple issue incidents of it and what happens she follows the fucking kidnapper, pretends to be one of his victims, ambushes him, fucking goes back to reveal the, the source of the lair, jumps through a window while being threatened by with a fucking... by a, uh, a ventriloquist puppet with a brain pig brain. You know, great action sequence, I like it. uses a gun there's ever
0: this one in her life.
1: Absolutely. Um manages to make a fucking somehow manages to make a driver into a javelin. You know, fucking can't beat it. But on top of all these fantastic, you know, oh, here she is in the action, here she is driving the plot, here she is, whatever. Her relationship with Lightfoot is amazing. Yeah. I love it. It's and she didn't have as much time with Jago, which is a crime but the bits we got were great. Yeah. So. And as you know, as much as you, know, you have the doctor, like trying to explore like the, um, the sewer system and try and find all this kind of stuff. Leela's solo adventure. Was amazing. Yeah. It was fa- it was proper Victorian pulp style adventuring. Mm. And the the great cliffhanger of her being chased by the giant rat. Mm. And I like, I that that sequence in the giant rat gets an awful lot of fucking flack. Personally, I thought they worked it really well. Mm. I actually I thought that they, you know, they, they, the lighting and everything added to it. It was really good. And that sequence of her being dragged back and Louise just fucking sold the shit out of it. It was amazing. So, yes, we've talked before about bad stories, but we've also highlighted fantastic performances in bad stories. And here's a key example of it.
0: Yeah, like, is it, for people listening to this who listen to our discussion of talents, it, it might come across as controversial that I have talents as being my favourite because, like I said, I nearly turned it off um, because the racism was so fucking ridiculous and I was like, what the hell am I watching? And whatever. I wasn't watching a Doctor Who story. I was watching a Leela story. And Leela's story is what kept me going through that because she was fucking phenomenal she was also the least fucking racist out of everybody.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, there Um, is that.
0: But like, you know, we talk about driving plot. There's driving plot and there's fucking chasing after it and hopping into the fucking back and getting caught (laughs) up in it. And, you know, everything she does throughout the entire story is just phenomenal. It's, you know, it's Sherlock Holmes, it's whatever, but it's not like her being you know Sherlock Holmes's sidekick or something, it's no
2: like hmm.
0: he may be the one wearing the deerstalker she's the one doing the sleuthing though, she's the one hmm. figuring shit out, she's the one jumping in and whatever Um, I mean she knows nothing of London she's never fucking been to this place in her fucking life but she takes off after Chang and conducts her own experiment without a second thought it's like no hmm that's the bad guy, I'm going to fucking chase him. The fact that she swaps places with one of the women is fantastic, and I love, love her versus Magnus Greel at the end of it. When he has her in the yeah. machine, and she's like, I'm going to come back and fucking haunt you forever, you piece <laughs> of shit. And it's just like, it's so good. It's,
1: it's the, so it's good. Defiance.
0: It is, like, I think of all of the top companion performances we've had all the companions we've had we've talked about their best performances this is one of the best best performances I think
1: oh yeah hugely hugely because like there's so many layers to Leela's performance mm. here like okay we have the we have the action side of things yeah. which we've, come, we've grown used to from Leela's perspective you know, from Leela's point of view because that's essentially what she is mm. there is the fun quirky character moments mm. you know like taking up the entire joint of beef on the the carving knife mm. and you're like know, like Jago following suit Lightfoot but there's one moment uh, Lightfoot sorry yeah Lightfoot but there's one moment in it and it's just I think it completes like that little nice trifecta for female characters for me personally is just the moment of femininity femininity mm. when she comes in in the opera dress and she's like how does it look mm. And like the two lads just kind of smile at her and like she just smiles because, like she they think she looks pretty, yeah. you know? And like it's it, it kinda of, like it's a lot of things. It's like um remember Firefly, yeah. the episode Shindig, where Kaylee gets like your know, the, the pretty dress, you know, Kaylee like who's like a rough and tumble you know ship's engineer. And like, you know, you love Kaylee for that. But then you get to see Kaylee just fucking being a girl.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that type of thing. And like it's whatever you want to maybe people have different attitudes about that. I think it's kind of sweet and I like yeah,
0: it. Yeah, when the character likes it, then it's done really well. said, like in the Kaylee situation, she wanted to dress up in Flipperland, yeah. And when that's what the character wants, it's great. Um, I love, like, like, you know, we had talked about the My Fair Lady thing. I think the My Fair Lady thing worked a lot better with Leela and Lightfoot than it did with Leela and the Doctor. I also yeah. worked better with Leela and K9 than with Leela and the Doctor, to be honest. Mm.
1: With the doctor and uh, Doctor and Lila, it's more of a Robinson Crusoe Friday type scenario, mm. I think.
0: But like, we're, we're sort of just repeating ourselves here. But I think, in whatever order you watch them, or however you, if you have a chance to watch Talons, Horror, Face, or Robots, fucking do it. Any mm. one of the four of them is going to be a great experience, particularly talent's horror face, but robots isn't to be shocked on either
1: yeah no you know
0: any one of those four if you can watch it on britbox or you can get access to dvd or whatever fucking watch it and if you're one of those people who like me and again i'm kicking myself that i could have met louise jameson and i didn't oh anyway um if you're one of those people who looked at lila and her costume and was like oh this is just fucking you know 70s fucking cheese it's going to be really bad it's going to be like this fucking you know pocahontas something for the dad's fucking tripe dude you're so wrong you are yeah. so wrong um it is so much more than that and even if you only watch those four and don't bother with the rest of it watch those four then lila stays in gala which you want um that's yeah. all you need to know. Um, <laughs> um with the dog. She gets a dog along the way. Um Yeah. But yeah. No. I think overall, I think I was very happily surprised with Leela. I don't know what I was expecting going in. I didn't really know anything about her beyond the fact that I knew she was often referred to as the sort of something for the dads and whatever, which I wasn't particularly keen on. But I really enjoyed her. I thought it was great, and like, you know, it's kind of like the Bill Hartnell thing of, I like her character so much. I'm so pissed off about her second half because Louise deserved so much more for the work she was putting in. Mm. She really did.
1: Yeah. And she, she did.
0: You know, Louise is a very, very prolific big finish catalog, mm. and that might be some New Year listening is actually exploring her Big Finish catalogue. Because I wonder if we're going to see more of the top four Leela in Big Finish and less of the bottom
1: five. From personal experience, make sure you listen to her appearance on Jago and Lightfoot. Mm. Um, but like, one thing I love is, we, we continually see it as well, right, is actors who have been on the show as companions or doctors, mm. and have been who have been burned
2: mm.
1: quite badly by uh, the powers that be within the BBC, like fuck it, Maureen O'Brien mm. or even uh, Colin Baker, who we're mm. going to get to at the time, but they are involved so heavily in big finish. Mm. Or the convention circuit, and they're they're proudly flying the flag flag for this franchise. Mm. I I think it's I I I I love that. Like, and it's one thing that they think you know, like, yeah, they leave. You know, they're not happy with the way they leave, or the way they leave is very controversial. But they love what it represents, and they love what it meant to them.
0: Mm. One thing I didn't have a chance to do with the Leela stories, just because of timing and stuff, I was very busy at work or whatever, is. Mm. So I watched the episodes, and I watched the, for the season that I had, I watched the Behind the Sofa Blu-ray mm-hmm. thing. I didn't watch the episodes with the audio commentary on. I might do that over Christmas. I do might it. do the first four with the audio commentary on. Because I love audio commentaries They're fucking brilliant. Um, and I'm kind of tempted to do her first four with the audio commentary because the audio commentaries were kinda of recorded when the DVDs first came out. Mm-hmm. So particularly Tom was younger <laughs> when they were recorded. Mm-hmm. Like they were recorded yeah. in like the two thousands. Uh, like early to like mid like late two thousands early two thousand tens. Um so yeah, that might be some some Christmas watching for me. It's so like <laughs> I bought Christmas. a PS five so that I could watch <laughs> the Doctor Who 1970s episodes with the audio commentary on
1: <laughs> nerd Just
0: why not I had yeah. to fight for something
1: <laughs> not God of War Ragnarok no mm. audio commentaries Yeah, audio
0: commentary <laughs> and the Astro Playroom that comes in built in
1: <laughs> which is a lot of fun which is actually
0: I'm most looking forward to playing when I open it, it <laughs> anyway
1: uh, we've yes
0: gotten a rambling as is our mm, once this is a yes, long rambling it's just longer than sarah jane's rambling it might be possibly um but like we said next week another rambling mm-hmm. which is going to be fucking random um so yeah. this episode <laughs> will go out on monday
2: mm-hmm.
0: we do usually record on a Thursday. day so if you're listening yes, to Sunday that goes true. out, you do have a chance to send us over some questions if there's anything you want us to answer in next week's episode. We will also put it on Facebook and Twitter in advance. Anyway.
1: Yep, I
0: Otherwise, tune in next week for more random shite.
1: Yes, okay. absolutely.
0: Really selling it there or,
1: for... <laughs> or or misses. If you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh cool. Bye. Until then, guys. Bye.